All right, welcome to Muddy Water. Thanks for tuning in today, y'all. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate those of you who are downloading my content, checking it out, listening in. You know, the real point of all this is uh, for people to find uh, hope within themselves. And I really hope that is what you're hoping it. (laughs) If you know what I mean. That was Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. And this is my message to you who, who, stay woke. All right? Stay woke because today we're going to be talking about some philosophy. That's right. Philosophy's coming to muddy water. We're going to dive in deep. We're going to break it down. We're going to try to understand the next steps. We're going to try to understand the big questions We are going to talk a lot. This is Muddy Water on the 15th. Yeah, it is May 15th. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get it started. All right. So, Muddy Water is here again uh, to the betterment of me and the detriment of people who hate me, which could be a lot or could be a little. I don't really know because uh, I haven't got a lot of feedback lately. So please leave some feedback for me on our Facebook page, on Twitter, um, where you can record on Anchor, the platform for my podcast. Whatever you want to say. It doesn't care. I, I, I don't care. All right. Explicit, non-explicit, stupid. It doesn't matter. Whatever you have to say, we want to hear it at Muddy Water because we want some involvement. That's really what it's about. So leave some feedback for me and we'll talk about it. I'll invite you on the show. We'll argue um, something cool like that. All right. So today uh, we're going to be talking about philosophy and one question in general. Well, this is more of a philosophic question rather than actually talking about philosophy itself, I guess we could say. So the question is, what harsh truths do you prefer to ignore? What harsh truths do you prefer to ignore? For me, (laughs) the harsh truths that I had to overcome in my personal life was that uh, I'm kind of crazy. All right, I'm kind of crazy, and it took me a long time to realize that my emotional response to life in general was all over the spectrum. <laughs> it was crazy. That's why I say I'm crazy. Um, and that's when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and I had to start taking medication. That that wasn't an easy thing for me to do. Because, first of all, it's kind of hard uh, to be someone like me who wants to share, uh, I guess you would say, enlightening concepts to the world And my enemies, or whatever you want to call them, I don't want to turn everyone into an enemy. I'm not like a superhero. But, you know, people that are opposed to my viewpoints have automatic, um, you know, they have a bomb that they can just drop automatically. Well, this guy has a mental disorder. And it's true. Uh, It's true. I was very uh, self-conscious about it at first, Um, very sensitive. And I was like, you know... I don't know if I want to put myself out there Uh, because what if 
someone gets a hold of this and they're like, yeah, well, the reason he's crazy is because he's literally crazy. Um, but let me tell you, there's a certain freedom in uh, recognizing the harsh truths. The harsh truths are things that need to be discussed, things that need to be seen. And that's that's really a big frustration I have with the world around me. There are truths that are just true. And I have never understood personally why people get offended at truth. It It's a reality. So you're mad at the entity of truth. Uh, if I say something that's true to somebody, socially we might deem it to be rude, right? We're like, wow, that was rude. But to me, I, I'm like, I'm being honest. Isn't honesty the most important thing? Is honesty the most important thing? I know people that do not believe this to be the case. And I'll tell you, I might be in that party now. Maybe. Because I have a fiancé, and let me tell you, the truth is not always the best policy. You know, like, you can't always say what you're thinking. You can't do it because you might hurt the other person's feelings. And on top of that, it's not always your place to uh, point out another person's flaw. Um, there is a quote <clears throat> by Theodore Roosevelt. One of my favorite quotes all time, and one of my closest friends, Nate, he showed me this quote uh, a long time ago. I was really struggling, uh, really struggling in life, trying to figure out who I was going to be, what I was going to do. I had this massive identity problem um, that I, it, I just couldn't find my way through at the time. I was just a, I was a lost ball in high weeds, as my papa would say, <laughs> and he showed me this quote, um, and uh, in regards to what I just said, uh, Robert Frost, one of his quotes, one of his famous ones, he says, freedom lies in being bold. When we're bold, we find freedom. Um, and th that is kind of uh, the same concept behind uh, Mr. Roosevelt's quote here. I'm just going to read it. It says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. That quote it's inspir It's probably one of the most inspirational quotes I've ever read. I read a lot of quotes. I'm a quote junkie, you know? And I think that's a theme with millennials right now. We're like, oh, this quote is perfect for a meme. We're all about these fucking memes because they're hilarious. Let me say, more times have I been caught laughing out loud in a public place at a meme than anything else. 
people are like, what is this guy doing? I'm just dying because these memes are hilarious. But anyway, back to the point. It is not the critic who counts. You know, freedom favors the bold. Freedom is for the bold. Boldness is freedom. And to truly experience freedom, I think that there is a sort of stipulation that goes with the harsh truths. Um, to be free, there comes this point where we have to recognize what it is that is holding us hostage. And nine times out of ten, it isn't another person. Nine times out of ten, it's ourself. It's you. It's me holding myself hostage. It's you holding yourself hostage. Um, I'm sure we've all seen uh, Jim Carrey since he has become a new individual. I approve of the change, personally. A lot of people are calling him crazy, calling him insane, but he has been... He's woke. He woke up. And he started to see the... Uh, the bullshit that comes with society. Uh, he saw through the illusion, through the matrix, whatever it is that you want to call it. He saw reality, and he said, uh, you know, why are we so terrified to let our light shine? We are absolutely afraid to let our light shine. And that's, you know, that's where I kind of stand on this question of harsh truths. They are necessary. But I think that um, harsh truths are for... Uh, self-discovery. Harsh truths are things that need to be discovered on one's own accord. Because outside of that, it kind of becomes judgment. Unless someone is asking you specifically for the harsh truth, you know, we kind of are placing judgment on them. And we become what we're trying to get another to unbecome. Like what it says in this quote, it is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. See, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. And that's what I saw. I was like, you know, I got to get in this arena. I have to get in the game. If I truly want to see the world change, I have to get in the game. I can't sit on the side and keep talking about uh, how... We live in this matrix, how we live in this um, this predetermined society where everyone knows what you're going to do because there's only so many things that you can do. And that's not the way that we were designed to live. That's not who we are as human beings. Um, you know, I didn't really like Jordan Peterson at first, but I started listening to him and I was listening to his episode with Joe Rogan yesterday and he had some really great things to say. And that's when I realized, you know, maybe Jordan Peterson is really just about these harsh truths. And we don't like him because he's saying things that are hitting a little too close to home. A little too close. And I wondered, I said, you know, where does his popularity come from? Because there's this weird phenomenon with um, true statements. We're hungry to hear them. We're always talking about how we want a piece of reality. We just want something that's real, you know? But then when we hear it, we get pissed. We're like, what the fuck are you saying to me right now? Fuck you. You don't know me. You don't know what I've been through, blah, 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 blah. And then we go away and we think about it and we're like, oh, damn. That guy was right. He was fucking right. He was right. You know, that's kind of how I feel. 
That's how I felt for a long time. When I first listened to Tony Robbins, I sat in my living room staring at the TV for hours. I was just like, what the fuck? It's on Netflix. Another friend of mine uh, uh, referred I'm Not Your Guru on uh, Netflix. It's about Tony Robbins and his big event thing that he does every year. I watched it, and I was like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, shit, I am, I've been wasting my whole life. Who am I going to be? Who am I going to become? And there's this part where he talks about a harsh truth, is that um, the ones that we blame our problems on, we also have to blame our successes on them. Because if the problems they introduced in our lives were so severe that we're where we are because of them, then we owe them where we are. We owe them the credit, you know? And that's the harsh truth. That is the harsh truth. That's what I started to see, um, that adversity was the key. That adversity is the key uh, for growth. And, you know, I say, I say some things that are pretty straightforward um, that might sound like hatred. I don't hate anybody. I don't even hate the older generations that I'm constantly talking shit about. I just hate the way the world is right now. I hate the way the world shaped, but I realize that this, it, the the world, the universe is really setting our generation up for the ultimate spike. We, oh my gosh, we can do amazing things. All this adversity is an opportunity. It is an opportunity for us, uh, ne the next generation, to overcome this adversity so that we can rise to spiritual um, knowledgeable, um, and it, these heights of depth, these heights of wisdom and knowledge and experience that generations before just did it. We are at this prime point where we can stand up, where we can speak with uh, a depth in our voice that hasn't been heard in, in a long, long fucking ass time, in a long ass time. We have a voice. And the universe set us up for the spike. They put adversity in our lives. They put awakening in our lives. They put... Uh, they put Tony Robbins, Les Browns, Joe Rogans. Yeah, maybe we don't always like what Joe Rogan has to say, but he's asking the questions, right? And that's really, that's really what it's all about. Are we asking the right questions? And today that question is... Um, what harsh truths do you prefer to ignore? And I think that's something that we all have to ask ourselves. What harsh truth do we prefer to ignore? Just like my diagnosis, um, I've had to learn to deal with this harsh truth. Maybe some of us were born um, with a handicap. Maybe some of us were born to a complete shit family. Uh, maybe some of us were abused. Maybe some of us uh, you know, have been hurt by religion. Maybe some of us have been uh, hurt by politics. Maybe some of us are just flat out fucking lost. We don't know what to believe. We don't know what to do. We're looking for a light in a dark place. Maybe some of us feel like the weight of debt is just crushing. But uh, what I do know is that the millennial generation is the most depressed generation. The millennial generation has more anxiety and more depression than any generation ever before. That is fact.
That's a, that is a statistical fact. I mean, what are we going to do? This is a moment of adversity for us. We have anxiety. We have depression. We're afraid because we think, you know, is it actually going to be better on the other half? If we stay at this job, is it actually going to be better in five years? If we start our own business, will it, will it last? Will it make it? And to that, I have one thing to say. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena or the woman. He wrote this in like the 1800s, so please forgive me. It belongs to the man or the woman who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That is where we stand. Are you going to get in the arena or are you going to continue to stand on the outside? And I'm not talking about how we criticize one another here. That's a whole other game. I'm talking about how we criticize ourselves. There are two versions of you. There are two versions of you. The one with character and the coward. The one that is courageous and the one that hides in fear. You have two versions of yourself. Which one are you going to live in? Which one are you going to live out? You know, my sister, um, she has a learning disability. Um, she stuttered, still does stutter. Um, she's had this kind of a speech issue her whole life. And, you know, when she was younger, it paralyzed her. It really did paralyze her. And I got to see her this uh, this past weekend for Mother's Day. And, you know, I I could not believe it. I just couldn't believe it. She is finishing school. She's working as a uh, waitress in a pizza parlor. She is incredible. I watch her go from this timid, um, hide in a cave, constantly try to make everybody happy, uh, super self-conscious girl to, um, you know, someone that I can actually look up to. Honestly, I can honestly say that I can look up to my little sister right now for how courageous she has been. She went and attacked her dreams. They told her that school is going to be too hard. Maybe you should just be a mom. Yeah, I heard that. I heard those words. Be, I heard those words spoken to my sister once. Okay, I really did. And I, I couldn't believe it. And she said, hell no. Hell fucking no. I'm going to go get my dreams. She has a bachelor's degree. Now she's doing a two-year program. I'm pretty sure she has a 3.0 or higher grade point average. She went and got this shit. She realized on her own, apart from what people told her, she realized that the credit belongs to the woman who is actually in the arena, and she went and got her dreams. A class that I saw anatomy. Okay, if you're listening to this and you ever took anatomy, you know it's the fucking hardest class you'll ever take. It's impossible. Okay? My sister got an A. She got an A in it. With a learning disability, she got an A. Why? Because I saw the moment that it switched for her when she believed in herself. She really did begin to believe in who she was. She stepped in to that other person. They're two separate people. She stepped into the to the one that was holistically other. 
The one who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds. She became that young lady. And I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't be more proud of her as her older brother. I think it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And when I see this being played out, I think... If only I could see this with everyone. If everyone could have this moment of realization and see that there are two people within them. There is the critic who doesn't count. There is the one who points out how the strong man stumbles that doesn't count. The one that points out how the doer of deeds could have done them better, they don't count. The credit belongs to the one who actually Gets in the arena. Two versions of yourself. There's a part of you that can actually be in the arena. And there's a part of you who critiques. Who points out the wrong. That's not who you want to be. Because what have we talked about with Robert Frost? Right? What did he say? Freedom lies in being bold. Freedom lies in being bold. If you buy into um, this idea that there isn't a good, better, best, that everything just is, I mean, look, I'm all about acceptance. You've heard me talk about this before. Acceptance is 100% necessary, and I think that's where we take it kind of a step further than um, the folks telling us uh, – you know, these kind of these motivational things there. There is a line for acceptance, a um, and an, what would you call it? a necessary practice of acceptance? I'm not about calling out transgender and being like, you can't be transgender. You're born a male or you're born a female. Yeah, we're also born not being able to fly at 30,000 feet, but we figured out a fucking way to do it. So that's not really the point. If if you have this dream of becoming something, you should boldly become it because the universe wants each and every single person to become the best version of themselves. Because when you become this best version, ultimately what's happening is you're getting you're becoming um kind of a a carrier of this frequency, this positive energy. Because you're going to be more happy. Socrates says that the person who's happy at work is the one who does his work perfectly. And, you know, I, I think that there is a shortage of perfect work. Um, I know, at least in my own life, there's a shortage. I can't begin to describe to you how many times I've set out on a mission to accomplish or achieve something... And I just couldn't get the ball rolling. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. I've tried to be a writer. Um, I've tried to uh, make film. I've tried to work in a factory. I've tried to start my own business. I've tried to sell insurance. I've tried to do landscaping. I've tried everything. I've tried to do school. And uh, nothing really clicked for me. Nothing really clicked until I stepped into what I love and what I I truly wanted something I was afraid to do because 
You know, I doubted myself. I really did. I said, you know, no one's going to listen to this podcast. No one cares about waking up. But then I realized, you know, what you do, it's not about other people. First, the first thing it's about is yourself. The first thing it's about is becoming the best version of you, having the courage to to chase your dream. And once you have uh, that courage and you step in, once you become the doer of deeds, the one who strives valiantly, once you become that person, the rest falls into place. It just happens because you start to attract of people who want what you have. And I'm not talking about money. Sure, people are drawn to money. Um, rich people have a lot of friends, obviously. But I'm talking about people who see your assertiveness, your courage, your um, your boldness in an ethical stance. Uh, virtue is really what I'm talking about here. A true virtue is on display. We don't live in a time of knights. And uh, saving princesses from dragons. But the, the those concepts still remain. Except for now, we believe that females can be just as virtuous as males, which is a good thing. When you step out in boldness and claim um, your your portion of identity, you say, this is who I am. And you draw a line in the sand. You become a... Something that others find attractive. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to witness. When you see a person step into their identity, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you get just as many friends as a rich person. You know why? Because people want to be around your energy. You encourage them just by being around them. Just by being in their presence, they feel better about themselves. And they may not be doing shit. They may not be doing shit, but you are a light to them. And when they're ready, maybe they'll come ask you. Or maybe they'll find it themselves. Maybe they'll seek out the best version of themselves because they'll see you and they'll believe, you know what, maybe I can fucking do this. That's why I love, I love, okay, Seeing those big transformations between people who lost like a ton of weight. Maybe it's like a girl who never felt beautiful, who felt judged, who thought she would never be able to achieve her dream. And then next thing you know, an after picture pops up and you're like, oh my fucking gosh. That is amazing. I'm so proud of that person. I'm so proud of that person for achieving their dreams. And I feel like a million dollars. I'm like, you know what? That thing I've been doing, that podcast I've been putting out, you know what? It will catch fire. People will listen. People will become the best versions of themselves. They will be encouraged. And I keep going. And that's what I hope that this does for my listeners, that you hear these things, these messages, and you say, you know what? Maybe I can be the best version of myself. That's why I love to have interviews. That's why I love to interview people um, so that we can talk about their best version of themselves. And we can see them living into their own uh, predictions. The vision that they see for their future, they're becoming that. And that's a beautiful thing to witness. It is a truly magnificent thing to see someone live into what they said they were going to be. Self-fulfilling prophecy 
can be negative, but it can also be positive. And that's what we want. We want positive outcomes. So um, I kind of want to touch on this concept of freedom again and, and what freedom uh, what freedom really is. I wrote a paper not uh, too long ago. I think it was last year. Uh, I don't even know if I have it anymore, but I was talking about what freedom is. And in America, I think we have such a fucked up view of freedom. Like this idea where we say, well, I'm free to eat as much junk food as I want. You shouldn't regulate. Like in New York, uh, or no, what was it? Like France, they put like a soda tax or something like that where like you can't have a refill of pop at restaurants. The restaurants aren't allowed to give it to you. Uh, that was a little bit, uh, I mean, I thought that was cool. Uh, also, in uh, other uh, places around the world, like lawyers, they can't advertise. Uh, medications aren't allowed to advertise on TV and stuff. Like That seems like a beneficial uh, regulation, in a way. It seems like something that could go well for society, because, I mean, when you look at the effects of uh, these these things, it kind of, you wonder, like, is freedom really about doing anything that you want, no matter what it is? Or is freedom um, for a certain type of doing? Is it for a certain type of action? Are we free to be ourselves so long as ourselves fit into certain uh, boundaries? Or are we allowed to be ourselves regardless of who ourself is? Because, uh, I mean, that would bring up questions like, um, why do we ban um, drugs and pedophilia? Why are these things illegal if we're practicing 100% freedom? Well, we already know we don't have 100% freedom. That would be anarchy. Of course. But the idea of freedom is not something that fits into society. It's impossible. Perfect freedom can't exist within society um, in that regard, in that sense. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't have a society. You would just have anarchy, and whoever uh, had the biggest gun would win every time. They would be in charge because that's how humans do. We look for leadership. We look for leadership, but that's why uh, this type of discussion is so important because how would the world change if everyone looked for leadership within themselves? If everyone found leadership inside of themselves, what if parents set their children up for self-discovery rather than teaching them all the things that they believe and then trying to get them to walk that path? What if parents focused on giving their children every tool they needed to decide what they believed, to decide where they were going to go, to decide what they were going to stand for, to decide what virtues they would uphold. What if parents just taught this information and gave their kids every bit of knowledge that they could make the best decision for who they were going to be, what they were going to stand for? What if our society was shaped this way? What if the government was open and honest about what they did? Would the people really handle it that poorly? A lot of people would, yes. And we see what is happening around us right now, and it seems like there's a lot of unrest. But where does that unrest come from? Because the government is not talking to us. There's a lack of communication 
for too many years now, they've been telling us what we're going to do and how, what they're going to do. They're like, this is what we're going to do and this is what you're going to do. And then they come into our towns and uh, choke kids when they're getting arrested. They, uh, How many uh, African Americans have been hurt at the hands of police? Uh, you know, it's insanity. It really is insanity, like what is occurring. Um, just because they say you can't know. Why? Why? Why is there so much secrecy? It doesn't make sense to me. And then when it gets down to our level, there's more secrecy. We feel like we have to hide everything from everybody. And I don't understand that. Why do we need to hide? Why do we need to hide? Why can't we live out uh, the truth that's in our life? Why can't we... Uh, be honest about who we are. That's why uh, this whole uh, illegal drug use, I think it's absolute insanity that drugs are illegal. Because what happens when someone is addicted? Like this opioid, cr opioid crisis or heroin crisis that's happening um, in uh, the United States right now, especially in Kentucky where I'm at. What is actually happening is people get addicted. I don't think people want to be addicts. There are a few people who set out in their life to become a heroin addict. Okay, I don't know of anyone on earth whose goal is to become a heroin addict. But it happens. And it's scientifically proven that addiction can't be beaten by willpower because your brain has actually restructured itself to where your own self is thinking a thought. It originates from inside of you. This thought process does. So you actually need help changing your entire identity to escape addiction. So why is it that we have so much judgment towards these things? Imagine if it wasn't illegal, there was no fear attached to addiction, and you could just come right out, right out in the open, like, I am struggling with addiction to heroin. I need help. And the whole country came to your aid we're gonna fucking beat this shit with you fuck heroin you know i'm not saying that we should just have heroin banks where you can just come in and buy a whatever i don't even know how they sell it buy an ounce or something what i don't know an eighth of an ounce but i don't even know i don't i don't never fucked with heroin but why is it that we shame these things. Why do we shame uh, obesity? Shame has never changed anybody. Let me let me just go ahead and tell you, shame has never changed anyone. And that's why I think that freedom, freedom is the freedom of virtue. Because the ve the best version of who you are is going to be the most virtuous version of who you are. Now, I'm not tying this to Christian virtue, to Republican virtue, to Democratic virtue, to your parents' virtue. I'm tying this to true virtue, which virtue is simply the best version of yourself. You know what you're capable of. That's something that we don't get to decide. It's almost a predetermined thing. You're born with what you have. You're born. Now, we can learn things, right? But what if you don't learn things very well? Well, what's the best version of you? What if you learn things very well? What's the best version of you? What if you're a natural uh, uh, musical phenomenon, whatever you I don't know. What's it called when someone's like really, really good? Prodigy. 
What if you're a child prodigy? But what if uh, the obvious isn't exactly who you are? What if the best version of yourself lies outside of these obvious facts? Um, that's why it's this kind of combination between what you're given and what you create. It's what you create out of what you have, what you've been given. If you make the most out of what you have, then you are living virtuously. And that's the reality for life. That's the reality for most, uh, for every human being. Um, freedom is the freedom to be the best version of yourself. Freedom is freedom for everything to be the best. It's for the bold. The bold boldness is courage, and being courageous in stupid shit is not virtuous. That just makes you stupid. That makes you dumb. If you are going to pursue something that is completely ridiculous, but you do it boldly, um, you're just missing the entire point. Uh, we have been kind of given this idea that finding ourselves, that chasing our dreams is found upon rebellion. Because that's the only way that we know how to combat shame. We're shamed constantly for not living up to society's standards. We feel this shame inside of us. But shame has never changed anyone. So what do we do? We say, fuck society. Fuck everybody else. I'm going to be who I want to be. But what we're actually doing is escaping shame. And when you're running away from something, that thing that you're running away from is actually dictating what you do. Because you're running away... Um, in response to this thing uh, causing shame in your life. So you're not actually deciding who you're going to be or what you're going to do. You're just running, and you can't achieve what you would achieve if you actually didn't care what people thought. If you were willing to be shamed for your beliefs. And this is where I, I think that the story of Jesus is incredible. He didn't just come into the world. He didn't just uh, teach this uh, kind of enlightened thought. But he actually elevated. If you read the Nicomachean Ethics from Aristotle, his is very uh, kind of, you know, eye for an eye type thing. Um, it's about virtue. It's about um, love isn't even the center of his uh, ethics. Uh, it's more about knowledge. And uh, honor, honor and knowledge, which is very Eastern, you know, uh, that's, uh, you know, Far East Asia, China, Japan, Korea, those places, they're really big on that. Um, but Jesus kind of introduces this concept that is above. Um, there's a verse where he talks about loving uh, someone in that you lay down your life for them. It's this unconditional type of love. And th it's funny, the people that cling to this religion are the very ones who hate our generation for loving everyone exactly how they are. If you want to be a man, girl, we don't give a shit. If you want to dye your hair uh, purple or black and paint your nails black or have lip rings or tattoos, we don't care. That's the whole point. Isn't that the essence here, loving others unconditionally?
isn't that founded on having truth in your own life and being rid of shame in your own life? Is it doesn't that come from a life of complete freedom? Yes. The answer to that is yes. When we treat people this way, it comes from our ability to live freely in our own life because um, you will not treat anyone better than the way that you view and treat yourself. You may think so, but you're just not being honest. And uh, there's uh, someone that I talk to often. I, I believe that they are a little bit judgmental. And I'm like, look, you can't judge people like this. You don't know the position. But I'm not – I've been there. I used to be extremely judgmental. I was a hellfire and brimstone kind of guy. But I let all that shit go because you don't know the situation for every individual. There's no fix-all. There's no secret magic love potion number nine that everyone can drink and start kissing everything inside. It's it's not plausible. It doesn't exist because every point um, is a is its own unique perspective, and each point is a person. Every person is a point of reference. All right, um, and we all have different um, different combos of DNA that produce different results in the way we think, in the way we act, in the way uh, we look. And then our experiences determine things like the way we dress, uh, the way we talk, uh, these sorts of things. It is changed by a lot of different factors. So this whole idea of being free is really about being free from things that oppress you. And the way we view freedom in this culture is actually oppressive. It's an oppressive freedom. It truly is. It's, it's, uh, you're free to fit in society. You're free to do what everyone thinks you should do. You're free to, um, fit in. You're free to fit in. That's what the real message is. But there's a bigger message, a greater message, one that is higher. A higher virtue, as Aristotle would say. There's a higher virtue to be attained. It is a freedom to be in spite of everything that sought to um, witness your abdication or your end. From the moment you come out of the womb, there are two different forces in your life. Ones that want to destroy you and ones that want to help you. For me, I've experienced uh, both of those sides. When I was a young man, my father left. That was a spirit that attempted to harm me. Or a, when I say spirit, I mean more of an, an energy. An energy that was negative in my life. It brought a negative uh, outlook. It took away trust. And then I was in a cult as a child. That energy actively sought to destroy me. Actively through... Um, lots of different methods, um, methods of emotional and physical abuse. They sought to destroy me. And freedom is the opposite of oppression. Okay, Freedom and oppression do not exist. Um, they, they can't coexist because they hate each other. Freedom and oppression do not exist. So to be free means to be free of... Um, Oppressive thought. And nine times out of ten, oppressive thoughts come from within us because we believe what other people say. We believe 
uh, the standard that doesn't actually exist. We believe it. We believe that we should be, well, I should be this, and I know I should be, but I'm not, I should be. Enough of this should bullshit, okay? You should be accepting yourself. You should be believing in your own abilities. And you know what? What if you just want to come home and watch Netflix? If that's what you want to do, I would argue you are not living into your highest virtue. You're not. But if you're okay with not being uh, virtuous, you know, what is it to me to say anything about it? It's nothing. So are we truly free when we are not pursuing our own um, our own outlook? We're not. We're being shamed. And I, for one, am tired of witnessing the shame. Across the board, women are shamed. Women are shamed for their body type constantly. I hate that shit. Women are beautiful. You're beautiful the way you are, okay? You are beautiful the way you are. You don't need to look like fucking Kardashian. You don't need to look like all these Instagram fitness models. You realize that these people get paid to look this way. That's their entire job. 24 hours a day, that's what they do, is look good. That's it. I am more of a, um, what's his face? You know, uh, ah, Kendrick Lamar, that one line from his song, he's like, I want to see somebody with some stretch marks, you know? That is what I think you'll find most men. They want something real. And real can't exist without freedom to be real, to be 100% genuine. And a genuine person lives from within and pours out. A genuine person lives from within and they pour out who they are onto the world. And it draws in success. It will draw in the things that you want just by ridding your life of shame. Ridding your life of negativity. You will start to see a changed outlook, a changed result. And you will begin to uh, uncover the path for yourself. But that shame, that shame, you know, it's terrible. Um, that's all for us today on Muddy Water. Uh, I really hope that you go away and think about uh, these questions. Um, is freedom simply being able to do what you want? Or is freedom something bigger than that? Is freedom um, the ability to accept the harsh truths and to overcome adversity? Is freedom one's ability to overcome in spite of every force that sought to witness your abdication. Write that down. Take it with you. Freedom is one's ability. Justice is one's ability. Freedom and justice is one's ability to overcome all the oppression that sought to witness their abdication, whether it comes from someone else or from within you. And if it comes from another person, it will become something that flows from within you as well. Don't listen to the voices. Don't listen to them. They're shaming you. Don't listen to the shame. That's all for us here on Muddy Water today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I hope you find some encouragement. We got some big interviews coming up this week. 
Uh, hopefully, next week will be mostly interviews, and the rest of this week, I got a lot lined up. Let's see where it takes us. Let's see where it goes. Thanks for listening to Muddy Water. Have a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday evening. Goodbye.